guys, this is Brian. This is Dave. And this is Preview with the Prior, uh, our little 15-minute show at the end of the week where Dave and I speculate on upcoming on the upcoming episode of Better Call Saul, most likely incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine, because nobody cares about the preview episodes anyway. They only want the post-show wrap-ups. That's, <laughs> that's right, but we have fun doing it, so we're just going to keep doing it. And if you're listening to this right now, you rock. You're awesome, and we appreciate you're it. You're awesome. So... What is it? Like two more episodes, right? Two yeah. more full episodes, and that's the end of the season. Yep. All right, man. Get into the... The nitty-gritty. Yeah. The it's, deets. It's all going to come to a head soon, man. And I think the episodes are probably going to pick up steam. This you one think, seemed to pick up a little bit of steam. Yeah, no, it didn't seem quite as slow. You think like the last two episodes are going to be super intense? I think it's going to ramp up. Like just... Well, I, I don't maybe think not. Maybe not throughout all two episodes, but you mm-hmm. know, it's got a climax. Everything has to fucking climax. Right, and then of course you know they got to have the end of season cliffhanger, right? So that way everybody can speculate for seven months before the next season comes around, <laughs> which we will be sure to do for you guys. All right, so absolutely, here we go, Dave. So uh, the the previews for next week's episode starts with um, Chuck outside. Yeah, show them sitting on a bench. It looked like they've been probably sitting on a bench chatting for a minute, like comfortably. Chuck seemed to be just chilling outside. He did, which. Right. I know you're waiting to give me shit, so go for it. That's right, because I I bit my tongue. All right, so go say what you're going to (laughs) say. This uh, apparently is leading to my theory of Chuck getting over his mental allergy to electromagnetic waves. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, when we recorded It's All Good Man, you said that he would, he, he came to the realization that that it's all in his head. It's all in his head. That, that's why he, he was so stunned. Or maybe he was just stunned at the fact, but it's going to lead to the fact that, holy crap, I was just outside not even thinking about it. Mm-hmm. I could probably deal with this. I could probably deal with it. A lot easier than he has been. Because he has been dealing with it. He's been forcing himself through it. But now mm-hmm. I think he's going to be a lot easier to deal with it. Yeah. And my thought was Your that thought. it was going to cause him to relapse. Right. Which I stand by. Okay. Because you never right. know. I stand by. Hey, I made the correlation to like drug addicts where they relapse, but I watch intervention on A and E. You know, <laughs> sometimes they relapse and they get clean again for a little bit, and then they relapse even harder. So maybe they're just you know maybe building up the hope. Like yeah, maybe he's over it, but maybe once again the pressure of him actually getting over it and everybody being proud, and now all the attention's on him, and now he has to make up for lost time and. Now he has to get back to work and, and continue the work that made him such an outstanding figure uh, in the lawyer community. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's going to cause him to relapse because it can't, it can't end happy. It can't end happy. Yeah. Every, everything, everything always ends up fucked up. I'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> everything always ends up fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. This is true. Right. And in breaking bad, I, Never once heard anything about a Chuck, right? True. So I mean, yeah, he he's probably he's obviously a major influence in Jimmy slash Saul's life, right? They've been building that this entire season, the whole background story between them with the flashbacks and such. Yeah, but it can't end good. So I think, yeah, it, it show them sitting outside. But I I still say something's going to happen that's going to cause a relapse, and it's going to all come crashing down. And it's totally gonna fuck Jimmy over in this fraud case. Okay, and I'm going to I'm going to counterpoint your point because for one, I I think I would be a little disappointed 
if everything did kind of end up bad because that's breaking bad this isn't breaking bad i know mm-hmm. it's the same universe the same theme i guess you know same people behind it but i don't want it to be the same thing where it's just like it always goes to shit every freaking mm-hmm. time it goes to shit because i mean i would consider the kettleman's case a, a win that's you a good know. point like jimmy didn't get his client but he got a favor out of kim mm-hmm. who you know so she printed all his papers for him and whatnot but yeah, I guess it would be like it would be too breaking bad if it was just like build up, build it up, build it up, build it up, and then all of a sudden, you know, Chuck fucks it all up or Jimmy fucks it all up. All right. That's a good point. So let, let me let me meet you halfway here. Maybe for no, the remainder just have your own damn opinion. I no. gave it to you. <laughs> but maybe maybe throughout the rest of the season, you know, there's only two episodes, like maybe Chuck does get on his feet and then something happens and then the cliffhanger is that Chuck starts showing symptoms of once again going back to the electromagnetic sensitivity shit. I, I could probably deal with that. I think I can handle that, but I would still be a little, because that's still not happy ending. You know, it's still on a mm-hmm. downward turn at right. the end, which that's going to draw people to watch, you know, right. more than a happy, everything's wrapped up in a nice tight little package because it, it they've never said what would brought him to that right like it was just like hey you know it came on like 18 months ago right i developed this sensitivity but maybe there was some sort of case with hhm where he started he started having this system symptoms and maybe the weight of what they're now entering into with this big class action lawsuit is like yeah you know like he's he's made strides and he's dealing with it a little bit but like when everything's like, oh, like, yay, Chuck's better. Uh-huh. It, it starts creeping back. And then like, maybe they'll start hinting at like, you know, maybe he's not fully healed, you know, like maybe, maybe there's still a little bit that bugs him. And like, maybe it's just going to keep on getting a little worse and worse. Okay. okay. Like a hoarder. Once again, to go back to an A&E <laughs> show, right? Like they, they clean out their house and everything looks fine and dandy. And then gradually, they're like, oh, well, I can keep this like weird coffee table that I, I picked off the right. street. You know, I can keep that in my house. And it's I can like, keep this knickknack on the coffee table. Right. I can keep this stack of newspapers next to the knickknack. Yeah. Right. And then what happens? Like they're fucking relapsed and they're, and and they're, they're living, living in, they're in my house. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, so that's, that's, I, I think, I think what you're saying is completely valid. And, and I, I'm, part of me wants to say, like, yeah, okay, you're right. But I, I just feel that there's always some sort of twist and turn, no matter what, it, whether it's tragic or just to make people think. Mm-hmm. And I think that with with those type of behaviors, mental behaviors, people always relapse and go back to this is true this to is true. to where they were before. So I think I so I guess my new prediction would be like it, it shows him being better, but then maybe the, they'll start throwing in hints that yeah, you know, he was better for a little bit, but maybe maybe he just keeps something like. Like, hey, he seems fine. He's outside. But when he's at home, maybe he still needs to hang on to his space blanket. Yeah. You know, like Linus from Charlie Brown. Right. This is still his comfort thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know the statistics about exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. You know, because you you keep talking about rehab and addiction and stuff. But this mm-hmm. isn't an addiction. It's a mental disorder. I think they're pretty much, yeah, it's a mental disorder. Mm-hmm. And, he's, and he's using exposure therapy to get over it. And I don't know how many people relapse through exposure therapy, mm. you know, because I would think it'd be like once you face your fear and you conquer your fear, mm-hmm. you know, 
then you can move on. I don't know if people relapse from that. Okay, fair enough. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see, Dave. There was a little scene there where it appeared that uh, Howie and Jimmy were going to have words once again. Yeah, they uh, they that seems to be a brewing conflict mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting to get at. Like, it was kind of like an underlying thing. They always have snide remarks for each other, and they're, they're right. battling. But maybe that's going to come to a head. Well, and they just put it on the table, like, you know, like, like I hate you and you hate me, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, but what, what what do you think would bring up that that conversation? Because I I couldn't tell Chuck working with Jimmy on the on the the uh, Sandpiper case. Okay, so you don't you don't think that there's like some sort of situation where Hamlin Ham like Howie and Jimmy like kind of like a uh, like look you hate me and I hate you but let's just like get through this situation together. I'm, I was thinking more. It's like it's like uh, Howard sees the uh, massive amounts of pin- paper that was printed. Mm-hmm. It's charged to Chuck's account. Chuck ain't working on any cases for HHM right now. Mm-hmm. He's going to go to Jimmy. What the hell, dude? It's like what we talked about uh, on uh, It's All Good Man, right? Like mm-hmm. like he's using another firm's resources right. to... And you talked about this last preview of the prior, I think. You said that Chuck was going to get involved with Jimmy and is going to cause strain on his relationship with HHM. Right, yeah, because because like me, like... Er, where every everywhere that I've worked, I've had to sign non compete clauses like, "Hey, I can't moonlight at a similar business." Right. While I'm employed with this company, never okay. signed a non compete. Signed non disclosures, but no non compete. Yeah. So it's like it's like a like um, but you know, it creates a conflict of interest. Right. Right. You, you're stealing company. You're stealing business from your own company. Right. Yeah. Right. So you uh, so you think like, so you you think that. I think that's gonna that's the the catalyst of of the next step is gonna be like yeah, maybe how, like maybe Howie like confronts Chuck about that and Jimmy's just like all right I've had enough of this shit. Either way, it, he might confront Jimmy about it and be like, Chuck's helping you. What the fuck? I know the same for Chuck. Right. Everybody knows you're doing elder law. Right. Now we got this <laughs> nursing home case. Obviously, that's you. Yeah. You know why are you printing shit out with Chuck's pin number? Right. You know wouldn't so, it be wouldn't it be cool if he uh, sued Jimmy? For what? For the money? For, for using his equipment, yeah. <laughs> like, it, it'd be awesome if it was just some, you know, because they said it'd Taking be like... Judge Judy and shit for the, the couple right, like, dollars. Or if it was something ridiculous because, uh, you know, she was like, well, this would be like three, $400 worth of materials. Thousands. No. I thought I thought it was... It's thousands of papers. Thousands of papers, hundreds of dollars, my bad. So she said it'd be like three, $400 to print out these thousands of papers. Mm-hmm. It'd be awesome if just to like poke, because remember Jimmy did the whole like, you know, stole ham lindigo blue and all that. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be awesome if like just to kind of get him back, he serves him paper, like taking him to a small claims court or something completely fucking petty. Yeah. And then that's when Jimmy's just like, all right, dude, I, like I fucking hate you, <laughs> like, you know, because like that, that seems like a Jimmy kind of thing because like he's even kind of goofy in it and is like even most intense right. moments. And, and he's probably just like, wait, Suing me? Like, yeah. like, what if he hands him an invoice? Right, yeah. Oh, yeah, even better yet. <laughs> like, how insulting is that? Be like, well, yeah. you used the paper out of respect for Chuck. I'm not going to do anything about it. Yeah. But, uh, or what if it, uh, you know, here's an invoice. But what if, what if it was even worse? Like, how he comes down on Chuck super hard and then just to twist the knife a little bit. And he's like, oh, yeah. And you, here's an invoice for, <laughs> like, just just like that extra little, yeah, like, little jab, like, extra little jab. Just yeah, get one more shot. Your broke ass, here's a couple hundred dollar bill on your broke <laughs> ass. 
I kind of like that. Interesting, you said that Hamlin comes down on Chuck. Right. Because there was a little scene with Kim slamming the door in somebody's face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then the voiceover. And saying, what kind of deal did he no, give? No, I, I, she wasn't slamming the door in somebody's face. She was going into a meeting with Howie, and she kind of like sheepishly shut the door. Oh, my bad. Right? So I interpret that because the voiceover they had for that is Jimmy saying, what do they offer you? And then it kind of showed her kind of looking ashamed going into a meeting with with Howie. So how mm. I took that is what I think they're setting up is she wants to be a partner. She's now on the 10 year track. Remember she was like two year track, then well, the 10. But now she seems back on track, right? She's back on track, back but on she still has track, a couple right? years wait, right? She's a couple years out then, but I'm thinking she's back on the two year track. Right. But that's still yeah. two, two fucking years. Right. Right. So maybe she knows that she, that Howie knows that Kim is friends with Jimmy who Chuck just helped print a bunch of their shit off. Mm-hmm. And he's maybe trying to hone in on the case, and he's saying, "Hey, if you do this for me and help me expose this or take this down or deal with this this Chuck uh-huh. Saul thing and put an end to it, you'll be partner. I'll promote you to partner." And then her being a career woman, that might be too good of a too good of an offer to pass up. Like, oh shit, I can I can just be partner just as long as I don't fucking. Help Chuck and Jimmy? Let me go stretch Armstrong on you. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Hamlin's pissed that Chuck's helping Jimmy. He knows somebody inside the law firm had to print out those papers. Mm -hmm. It's not Jimmy. It's not Chuck. Right. Kim is helping them with this massive class action lawsuit, potentially. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe not massive. This class action lawsuit worth a lot of money. You helped me get that case from Chuck and Jimmy. And you can have Chuck's spot or something like that. Ah, gotcha. Like, I'll bring you in as partner if you can basically poach the yeah, case. Yeah, like, they poach the case, push Chuck out, and you're in. Hmm. That's another way I think they can go with that. How would they push Chuck out, though? The whole non-compete clause? Yep. It could be the non-compete clause. It could be the, the failure to show up for work for 18 months. Hamlin Hamlin McGill is trying to keep Chuck on the dole so they don't have to buy him out. And Jimmy was telling Chuck to cash out. Mm-hmm. Okay. So maybe they'll give him the option and be like, uh, not only did you steal, but you you broke the non-compete clause. So buy yourself out or get, you know, or fucking resign or quit. And if Kimmy can facilitate that somehow, then she'll become partner in Chuck's place. That's a good theory, Dave. It's not bad. It's probably complete bullshit, but I like it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said Stretch Armstrong, because I reached pretty far for that one. No, but I mean, it like seems a Bears totally, draft pick. It seems totally plausible. Absolutely. I mean, I, I don't see why not. I mean, like I said, she looked like ashamed. She looked ashamed. She was sheepish. And he's like, what deal? Like, what's the deal? You know, that seems like a pretty reasonable deal. Mm-hmm. You know? Especially if you're trying to establish yourself and make a ton of fucking money and become partner in a super successful law firm. Exactly. And and you just, your your, your track keeps going fast track to slow track to no track to fast track. Mm-hmm. Get on that fast track. And maybe that's why when uh, Jimmy says, you know, what did they offer you? That maybe causes the big rift in their relationship, which is why we, we haven't heard of her up until this series. Right. And that's, that's another thing we have to, because... Obviously, these characters are all thought of after the fact, mm-hmm. but they have to find a way to write these characters out of the story before mm-hmm. Breaking Bad takes place. And and what better way to do that than you know Jimmy feeling feeling like she stabbed him in the back, mm-hmm. and that that just you know dissolves or, their friendship. Or not necessarily because I mean Saul was just an ancillary character. 
mm-hmm. tertiary character. Now, wouldn't you say he was a secondary character? Yeah. So, I mean, you don't have to know a lot about his background. I mean, Chuck can still be there. HHM is probably, you know, obviously still in Albuquerque. Maybe not, but. Right. You know, these people could still be all in the universe. They just weren't talked about in Breaking Bad because Saul was not, it wasn't his show. It wasn't a focus of. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. And then the last scene. I mean, scene, he could be slaying Kim on the side the entire Breaking Bad. Yeah, good you point. You just don't know about it. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good point. Good point. And then the last scene. Um, well, in, in the previous for the next episode, there was a very quick scene where. Uh, Mike had a gun to his head. Mike had a gun to his head. Mm-hmm. And then we watched the the minute and a half preview. And as it turns out, he's basically meeting meeting uh, facilitators of his quote unquote job yeah. in a parking garage with one absurdly massive person. And one guy that looks like he just drove his eye rock up the parking <laughs> garage. <laughs> what was it? Zumas? <laughs> Zin Zumbas or whatever. The- yeah, his camouflage Zumas. Yeah. <laughs> he used to have a pair who, of who was the guy holding a gun to Mike's head, right? I think so. That's 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 how I got it. And I'm thinking it really looked to me, if anybody else wants to look into that, Greg, my tool fan, mm-hmm. you, already, you already did this once. Are those the guys from the uh the wanted posters from the beginning they, of Bingo? They did look similar. Yeah, they looked a lot like those guys. I mean the one guy and we seemingly confirmed is the guy from the bathroom scene when he bumps into Saul. Mm-hmm. He had a pretty gray beard. And then the the other guy had like that really weird haircut where it's like really long and shaved on the sides. Mm-hmm. Like a fancy mullet. So the, the characters in the parking lot were very reminiscent of the yeah. wanted posters. Reminiscent, but not exactly. Different hairstyles. Mm-hmm. But you're thinking that there's a possibility that they might be the same character? I think that might be them, yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I mean, I guess that would make sense because I mean, they were obviously for wanted for what the fuck armed ever. robbery and yeah, and it's not exactly like Mike's auditioning for like a uh, right a job at Cold Stone Creamery or some shit, you know. <laughs> but what's the job? Because obviously, no, none of those three were the men who put the job together. Well, it's, it's obviously something really, or is it like a Ronin situation where like the, there's one guy inside that put the job together, but he's playing off like he's a member of the crew. Mm. Who's the boss? You know, nobody. So he's trying to Tony Danza it. Yes. Trying, trying to Tony Danza it. I like my Ronin reference better. <laughs> <laughs> well, but why Why do you think he would have held a gun to Mike's head? Because Mike probably called him out on his bullshit. I don't know. It could, be, it could be a job. Maybe they don't know what the job is. Also, like in Ronin. I think he puts the crew together. The crew doesn't know what the job is. They just know that they each have a special skill that they're going to use for the job. Mm -hmm. And maybe once he finds out what the job is, he's like, no, I don't want to do it. And then he puts the gun to his head and be like, you're in too deep, motherfucker. So you're doing it or I'll just kill you right here. Oh, and I totally forgot. This all stems from the uh, the shady veterinarian Mm -hmm. because he said he was looking for work. Right. But not the kind of work your people do. Did he say something like that? Well, what he said was he was looking for work. They were very vague about it. And he's like, well, I know people, if you're looking for work, uh, what kind of work do you do? And Mike said, well, why don't you tell me what you have and I'll tell you what kind of work I can do. Okay. Right. So maybe he's in a, he's just in a situation where, uh, he, just by showing up, he's in too deep. Right. And maybe he does have some hesitation. Cause remember like the look on his face when he looked up at the massive towering man next to him, mm-hmm. You know, I took that as he had maybe some reservation, like, like, shit, what did I get myself into? Right. I can also see it playing out because Mike is the pro. He's experienced. He's calm. He's collected. 
you always have that scene where the, where he gets hooked up with the loose cannons. He gets tired of the loose cannon shit, and then the loose cannon pulls a gun on the guy. Mm-hmm. I can see it going down like that too. Gotcha. Mike's like, "Fuck you! You're too crazy. I'll show you, crazy motherfucker." You know, right? Those things happen a lot too. So we have really nothing to go off of. But what what do you think the job is? I don't have a clue. The job's it's going to be a robbery. A robbery? No. Maybe it'll be like a big bang. Okay, so here's what my. What do you think the job is? Here's my prediction. I think it has to do with stealing money from the vault of a bank. And it involves several guys in masks. Hold on. It involves some guys in a mask, right? And this is a big, elaborate bank robbery. Everybody gets killed except for Mike, who escapes as a school bus busts through the wall and then goes out. Uh, makes his escape by his bus entering a convoy of other school buses like in The Dark Knight Returns. Damn it. And the reason I say that is because once again, <laughs> um, once again, Jimmy was putting shredded paper together like the Penguin <laughs> and Batman Returns. So I guess what I'm trying to get at is Mike is Batman. Prove me wrong. <laughs> How many minutes? I think that? the job is they all put on masks that look like former presidents and go rob banks and go surfing. Legit. <laughs> Respect. I think the job is uh, a clerk at a grocery store. <laughs> I really have nothing. I can't even think of anything, honestly. I mean, those guys, you're assuming they're going to strong arm somebody, right? Mm-hmm. And a bank vault. They're all going to end up dead except for Mike. And then, you know, he kills the last guy who tries to double cross him. I feel my theory that Mike is Batman is pretty sound. And Dave, you don't have an idea of what the, what the uh, job could be. No, I just assume with that kind of a crew, it's some kind of strong arm situation, like a robbery or a theft, or I don't know. Maybe not even a strong arm, but. Okay. And with that, that ends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got nothing on that, dude. They're going to steal something. All right, so I'm going with a super awesome Joker-esque bank robbery, and Dave thinks they're going to steal penny candy from the gas station. Or the Kettleman's. I think they're going to cover something up for the Kettleman's or something like that. So we haven't seen the last of the Kettleman's? No, probably not. Okay. I like Even that though I already it. said that we have, I'm going to change that now just for the sake of covering my ass on something that the job is for. Mm-hmm. Cover something up for the Kettleman's. All right, so my prediction is bank heist like Batman. You're... Is they're covering covering something up for the Kettleman's, and I guess we're just gonna have to wait and see how yeah. the hell it all goes down. So if, if you want me to put my money where my mouth is, we're both wrong. Yeah. <laughs> all right, and uh, we're just gonna go ahead and end this goddamn shit show. <laughs> so, so we'll see you next Tuesday, folks. You heard me. You better call. Saul.